Welcome to the Style Defines Us podcast. We've got a special Celebrating Life After 40 episode for you all today. I'm so happy to have Camille Barreto as my guest. This is an episode that will resonate with so many women, and actually not just women as they get older, but women at any age who might be experiencing hair loss. After suffering from hair loss for years herself, Camille was on a mission to create a product that could help transform self-consciousness into self-confidence. In 2021, her dream came true with the launch of Me Cosmetics. She created an entirely new category in the beauty space with Can't Stop Me Now Scalp Foundation. She has already received the best breakthrough beauty startup at the Glossy Awards and was also a winner at the Beauty Independent Beacon Awards. She has been featured in Us Weekly, Real Simple, and more. Congratulations, Camille, and we are so very excited that you are here and we can't wait to jump right in. Thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. Well, we're thrilled to to tell everyone about you and your your product. So let's jump right in and um, tell us what led you to create the Scout Foundation. Well, that's a great question because as a seasoned finance professional, I never thought I would find myself in this position. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's it's a great journey to share with people, not only to let them know about the products in our collection, but also about life after 40 can actually be a really new awakening and a new way of doing things. So um, it's a really lovely journey. Um I mean, it wasn't lovely at the time, but uh, when I was younger in my early 20s, I started experiencing androgenetic alopecia, which is a fancy way of saying female pattern hair loss, which is the same thing men we generally see will experience, but it presents differently in women. It tends to be more diffuse thinning throughout rather than a complete recession of a hairline like the men usually uh, experience. And so, you know, that was, I'm 47 now, so that was 25 years ago. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, you know, throughout my journey on the medical side of things in terms of trying to be diagnosed and trying to be properly treated, et cetera, because we've had very limited medications available over the years. It's getting a little bit better now, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the cosmetic side is really where I stumbled quite a bit because those of us who experience hair loss, and that's over 50% of women, and I'm steady, I'm using the stat from the Cleveland Clinic, so I think we can all be pretty comfortable with that statistic. You'll yeah. see kind of 40 to 60%, but at least 50% of women experience some form of hair loss. And so what's shocking is that most of us experience it and suffer it in, in silence. We suffer it alone. And so what I would always do back then, you know, was talk to people, ask around, you know, if they'd heard of different things for this, that, or the other, but never really talking about my condition. Mm-hmm. And what I did find over the years is that there just weren't any good cosmetic solutions. There were things that had popped up over the years, um, either on infomercials, Way back in the day, or you know, for men with the you know existence of topic and things like that, but for women there really wasn't anything. So what most of us have been doing is either using root covers, eyeshadows, you know, anything that we can do to conceal that hair loss. And throughout the years, my husband would look at me, buy my you know about 20, 30 eyeshadows at a time, struggle with the small little pan dye my hair to actually match the eyeshadows because they're not really designed to match hair colors, you know, be disappointed with how they were matte most of the time, especially the darker shades and our hair is not matte and so on and so forth. So you can get where we, you know, those of us who've been kind of jerry-rigging this for years have 
really been experiencing that, you know, I think we can do better. I mean, they're launching new mascaras every week. How can we not have anything that affects 50% of women on, you know, in a dedicated section in any of the big box retailers or online. And so that's really where this stems from. Now, you know, how does one get into the cosmetics industry when you're not from it is, is an interesting journey, right? And I think this goes to, to folks out there who are thinking about reinventing themselves. You know, I was a, a very happy finance um, professional. We moved around a lot from my husband's work. I eventually retired from banking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a perfect time to actually explore doing something new and different. Mm-hmm. And so when my husband had said, you know, well, why don't you think about doing this? There was not an entrepreneurial bone in my body when I was born. Ah. And so I, it had never occurred to me. And so he, he plants the seed. And then, you know, I'm kind of humming and hawing and saying, you know, I don't know if I'm made for this. Like, I don't know anything about cosmetics. Da, da, da. And then he looks at me and he goes, you know, that's mighty selfish of you. And I look at him, kind of cock my head to the side and say, what do you mean? He goes, you've got ideas for ways that you can make other people's lives so much better. And you're afraid to try because it's something you're not familiar with. And I look at him and I'm like, well, you know how, you know how to beat me. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, so it's kind of a funny story about how he kind of was the one yeah. who propelled me to do this, but the design itself really came from decades of struggling with trying to find creative ways to conceal our hair. Um, and so, you know, that's really where the origin of this story story comes from. That is fascinating. I love the part about your husband. Sometimes when I'm um reticent about things. I can come up with so many reasons why not to do it. And my daughter, as my business partner always says, I don't understand why not, you know, and then you're like, Oh, you know, I'm going to have to find a way to do it. You know, exactly. They know how to get us going. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Which is so wonderful for all of the people, you know, that needed this product so des- desperately. So let's discuss the mission behind me cosmetics, this idea of transforming self-consciousness into self-confidence. And I love so much based on what you, you know, endured, you are very interested in empowering women and giving them a tool that's truly going to make them feel better about themselves. And I know that's very rewarding. I do that every day or try to do that every day with my styling clients. And that's why I wanted to have you on this podcast. But what's interesting, even though it's geared for women over 40, your product is, is really a product that can help people of any age that are suffering with hair loss for a variety of reasons, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And those are great questions. You know, the first, when, whenever one uh, tries to develop, as you guys have done a brand identity, you really have to think about what goes to the essence of why I am doing this, right? Uh-huh. Am I doing this for, because I want to share a message about a culture or a specific set of ingredients that haven't really been explored or in, in the uh-huh. past? Do I want to do it because there's a certain type of product that doesn't exist, such as in my case, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, for me, it was because this didn't exist and I knew how hard it can be. It can be extremely distressing for people to experience hair loss, either temporary, such as postpartum hair loss or stress-related hair losses um, or permanent conditions like mine or other, you know, autoimmune disorders like the ones that Jada Pinkett Smith and other folks have. Um, And so, you know, it can be extremely distressing. And like I mentioned earlier, we we struggle alone and what people don't often realize, um, not through any fault of their own, just because we're not telling people is that this can actually start consuming our thoughts and making us extremely 
self-conscious about so many things. Mm. For example, you know, something as simple as let's go to a pool party. And you're thinking to yourself, oh gosh, I don't want to get my hair wet because we all know when our hair is wet, it kind of clumps together. Uh Have you ever seen one of those really beautiful, fluffy dogs that have the long hair and then you see them wet? (laughs) (laughs) doesn't look quite so fluffy anymore so you know the hard work that we put in to make our hair have some sort of volume once you get it wet goes right out the window or right down the drain to say if you will and so you know things like that can be really distressing being in a business meeting with the wrong lighting overhead and then you notice people staring at your head as you're trying to conduct business conversations can be extremely you know makes you very self-conscious and it's extremely anxiety provoking being at a dinner you know or a cocktail when you know have those beautiful halogen lamps that we love because they're the kind of the closest thing to natural light, but boy, do they shine like a spotlight on your head. And so what it does is it just kind of beams off of your shiny scalp, which is generally what people are noticing is the scalp through the hair. Um, You know, it just kind of highlights it. So my husband always knew to sit to my right or sit to my, like he knew not to place me underneath those lights. And he was very graciously go under, he's got a beautiful thick head of Latin American hair that he complains complains of the shower pressure isn't high enough because the water bounces off of his coily hair. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm looking at him with one eyebrow up going, don't say it. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, As I'm perfectly content with my little trickle. <laughs> so, you know, he was very gracious. So things like that can really take over so many things and it can really uh-huh. consume your thoughts. So it becomes something you become extremely self-conscious about. I know there's so much um, emphasis and support out there in terms of body positivity, right. and self-love. And I think those things are absolutely wonderful. Sure. At the end of the day, I think it's also just as important, if not more so, to validate the emotions that people are feeling. And it's okay for us to acknowledge that we feel really self-conscious about it. Not that we should just be proud. I'm like, okay. Oh, I agree. Totally. <laughs> I, I wish I had it in me and some people do, but I just don't. You know? And I think that's most of us. Like if you go onto any of the, the blogs or the forums online on Reddit and those threads, you'll notice very quickly kind of the general thread of how distressing it can be. So for me, it was just really important about taking that away and really taking all that energy that women are devoting without realizing, you know, and spending rather than devoting, I should say, you know, on this issue and focusing on the things they love to do and make them feel really great about themselves. So if you can just literally wipe this thing off the table, like a Charmin wipe wipes the spill. Yeah. And then you're just like, okay, now I feel like I've got, I can focus on the things that are really important to me. It can be so, so liberating for so many people. And so that's really kind of the crux of where this came to be was just how does, why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I've been there. It feels God awful. And Mm -hmm. for many of us, Mm -hmm. and, you know, at some point it's okay to just want to conceal things and feel much better about yourself. If that's something that's important to you. So that's really where that stemmed from was personal experience and sharing that experience with all of uh, our, all of our community and knowing that they're not alone out there. Exactly. I can imagine. um, Let's say it is something about your body that you don't love. You know, I can camouflage that for you. That's an easy fix for me to do, but something like that, especially your hair. I mean, I really hadn't thought, I mean, I thought about it, but I was picturing you like at a presentation, the minute you start thinking about that, you're distracted. You just want to get out of there. And I'm sure there are people that just don't go places. They get to the point where they're like, I'm, I'm going to be worried about this so much. I'm not going to be comfortable and I'm just not going to go. You know, so they really are, I can I mean, it's a major deal. It really isn't. A lot of people that haven't experienced it don't even think about it, but 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's interesting that you should, you should mention that Allison, because when, you know, if you start surveying people who experience hair loss, a lot of folks don't realize they will actually begin making adjustments to the choices of activities they participate sure. in. Like I haven't been to a hair salon in a decade, wow. over a decade. Because I just got so self-conscious every time I went, you know, your hair is wet, you're under the bright lights. It's like a spotlight on you because it's supposed to be right. Because you're there as the customer and, and, and the person that the hairstylist is working with, Mm. you know, then you get the little glances over from the side sometimes, you know, you can kind of notice and, you know, what everyone's very well intentioned is just sheer curiosity, I think, or concern. And so I, you know, I've learned to see it from that light. But, you know, it's also a lot of folks will then, especially some hairstylists or other folks, you know, will, will give you advice. And, and, and I don't know if that's the right place unless somebody asks you for it. And that person has actually been very well trained to give appropriate advice. So, you know, for me, it was just too distressing. We moved around a lot. So it would have to be a whole explanation every time we moved. (laughs) Uh I just said, forget it. And what you'll actually find is that there are some women who experience hair loss, who will go to a hairstylist, for example, um, but who focus on women who wear head coverings because mm-hmm. they, they can't show their hair in um, out in public. Mm-hmm. And so they'll have private rooms. So those are actually really safe places for women. Wow. If, if you're ever out there wondering, hey, you know, I haven't gone to a hair salon or I hate going, take a look at one of those options. Those are actually really great options, generally for women of Orthodox Jewish or Muslim wow. background who wear head coverings. But, you know, wonderful options out there in case somebody's struggling with a hair salon themselves. <laughs> that is remarkable. I really have never heard of that. I love, I love learning about that. And the other thing that I was talking to Dave about one time, I was like, you know, when you go to your dermatologist, a lot of times they don't, they don't really know that much about hair and hair stylists don't know that much about the, you know, the physiology part because they're not doctors. So it's kind of, you don't know where you're really supposed to go, who you're supposed to talk to about it. Well, you hit the nail on the spot and that's the biggest question you will get if you look on, you know, say there's one called female hair loss on uh-huh. Reddit and that's a very large group there, uh-huh. probably 30, 40,000. And you'll see that common thread. People don't know what to do. They're turning to online communities because they go to their GP um, yeah. and, you know, their GP isn't up to date on it. Or in some extreme cases, fortunately, this is much less so. This was much more common when I was younger. I've had it said to me a few times, you know, well, at least you don't have an illness, you know, that can that can you know do harm to you that can really? kill you and yeah. i'm looking at them going okay well i feel really bad so let's right. not let's not diminish what i'm experiencing you know so i get it you know folks are just managing the best that they can and as you said even dermatologists whose specialty really is the one who lends itself to treating hair loss um, many of them aren't really up to date um, and so you'll get very right. conflicting yeah. information between yeah. different groups take biotin use castor oil no that's yeah. absurd don't do this use that oh, yes. so, yeah. so people are like just don't know where to go so it can be really really difficult i always recommend a board certified dermatologist if that is accessible to somebody and if not a trichologist would be your second best bet yeah yeah because a lot of dermatologists that's not that's not their focus no no and hairstylists are getting more and more up to date on things so you've got a number who will say hey start using minoxidil or talk to your doctor about this so that's fantastic more information we can just arm everybody with especially those more frequent touch points for people experiencing hair loss such as your gp your you know your obgyn your hairstylist whomever your makeup artist whoever right whoever's Mm -hmm. kind of your trusted confidant is is a great place for for us to make sure that we just get that message 
message out because the more people know, then the more we can talk about it and the more we can come up with great solutions. Right. That's, that's so, so, so very true. So when we're talking about thinning hair uh, specifically for aging for women, whenever I go get my hair cut, I'm always like, is my hair thinning? I don't really know if it is yet or not. Um, And sometimes another thought I was thinking about with the scalp foundation, you know, maybe people think that's their, their gray showing, you know, like along their part and things like that. It, you know, it might actually be that their hair is thinning. So um, is it obvious when your hair starts thinning and, and then again, talking about this predominant group that would benefit it, is there any reason that this foundation powder wouldn't work well for men? Or what about people that have short hair? Great questions. Great questions. So, you know, in terms of your first question about how the presentation of hair loss tends to occur and how we start figuring it out over time, um, it depends on which type of hair loss. So I'm going to speak to kind of the more common ones that are not autoimmune disorders, um, because I think those are the ones that most folks here will will relate to, especially that relate to older age or younger populations, you know, and that'll be things like telogen effluvium, which is what women who experience postpartum hair loss, it's temporary shock to your system and your system basically redirects everything in terms of resources to its necessary organs and not to what it deems to be optional. <laughs> so, so, uh, so it ends up kind of, you know, when, and that's whenever you have any big shock to the system, this can happen in illness, stress, you know, birth, childbirth, et cetera there, you know, you'll generally, you'll find that it's more along the temples that women will start to experience quite a bit of thinning. Mm-hmm. And then they'll notice their part widening a little bit. You might notice more hair kind of sticking to your sweater or on your pillowcases or kind of generally around your bathroom as you clean up. Uh-huh. Um, and if you're, and if you do notice that that's, that's probably, be, if you're noticing it, it's probably because it's an increased shed, shed rate than what you're used to kind of your regular run rate, um, which could be something really temporary and not a big issue, or it could be something that is a, a, a greater issue. So I always say, as soon as you start noticing it, always mm-hmm. go see your doctor because every medical professional has ever told me, and this is one consistent thing they all say is the sooner we catch it, the sooner we start treating it. If that's your choice of, of, you know, path, mm-hmm. then the better our chances of getting a really positive prognosis on this. So uh-huh. that's always the first thing. Second, you'll notice a lot of folks will see their part widening. Right. So you start kind of playing around with parting it further to the side and the side kind of almost getting to the point sometimes where back in the old days, you know, men used to do that funny little side part thing, the comb over. It's kind of that, that, that progression happens to women as well. We try to cover more and more of our scalp. So the part kind of goes more and more and over. So that if you're seeing that you're generally definitely seeing some sort of hair loss Mm -hmm. um, that you might want to talk to your doctor about if it's something that's bothering you. Um, Or, you know, people start playing around with their part and zigzagging it around as you say, you know, if you gray at the same time, that can actually look a bit more um, pointed than it is, you know, a little bit more noticeable than if it were just your regular hair color without the lightning. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's it's mostly that widening part that people will see. If you start experiencing complete baldness in patches and things like that, that's generally more of an autoimmune disorder that definitely you want to go see your doctor about. <laughs> definitely, definitely. But to your point about the younger groups, um, you know, with with the other the other questions you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times, as you say, especially postmenopausal women will start to experience quite um, a deceleration in the amount of, of hair growth or increase acceleration in the amount of hair loss, which is common as our hormonal 
um, construct changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's very common then. And that's certainly, you know, what, what we've, we're used to seeing, you know, back all many years back, what we don't necessarily talk about is much of the younger women. And those are, like I said, postpartum hair loss, stress related, COVID related. Right. I mean, there are just so many reasons it can happen. Right. And there, you know, generally it's also the same type of diffuse hair loss pattern. And so as soon as a person starts either noticing they've got their widening part or noticing their temples are kind of coming back a little bit further than they were before, mm-hmm. or that they're having to wrap their, their hair elastic around their ponytail an extra time. Mm. Time, time to go ch- get checked out if it's something that's bothering you. Mm. Definitely. Now, with regard to who this is good for, mm. you know, this is definitely designed for people who are experiencing diffuse hair loss or very small areas of bald patches. Uh-huh. Um, if you have complete hair loss, uh, such as a man's fully receding hairline, this is not going to be a good fit for you for certain. Right. But if you're a man and, and we haven't marketed to men yet, but you'll notice our packaging is very appealing to everybody across yeah. the spectrum, I would say. It doesn't skew male, female, whichever way. And so that was done very purposefully because we do think there's a huge opportunity with the male market, but we just wanted to first pay our attention to the women because nobody's been paying attention to us. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I said, selfishly, I'm going to the gals first. Um, you know, and so for people with short hair or people or men um, with short hair, or women with short hair, who have general diffuse thinning or some small bald patches, it's a great fit. I would say for mild to moderate hair thinning, it's a great fit. For more advanced situations, I would sure. say it's probably going to fall short of expectations. And sure. there, your best options are likely either, you know, if you're comfortable wearing it as is, that's great. Shaving your head, if that's you, that's awesome. Wearing hair coverings, that's great. Or using alternative hair, which is, I think, the more modern way of saying what we would call prosthetic hair, which sounds so clinical. (laughs) And so now people will say um, alternative hair, which is basically hair uh, wigs, toppers, which are like toupees that are are really easy to clip in. For a lot of people, they just say, I don't like the medication or it doesn't sit well with me. I have adverse reactions to it, or Uh I don't want to bother. And I just want to, you know, throw on my hair before I leave the house. And so the great thing is there are some, some options for everybody out there, but our, our products are definitely for more of the mild to moderate um, cases. Sure. Okay. That's great. That's wonderful. Um, All of that. I love, we'll talk about the actual, the brushes and everything in just a minute. Has anyone else ever told you they use it to like fill in their eyebrows? Absolutely. And it's funny you should ask because so we actually developed, uh, we designed an eyebrow brush specifically because people were telling us, oh, by the way, did you know this is a really good eyebrow filler? And I would tell them, well, yeah, I do because it's what I use. (laughs) And so so because of the, the, the characteristics of that particular product also bode well in terms of performance on the eyebrows. Um, so because they're both going through hair and laying on skin and hair, right? Essentially we're filling in different parts of our hair and, and that's, we're doing the exact same thing to two different parts of the body. And so, so that's why we designed our eyeshadow brush because we do have people who love it almost as much, if not even more. So I've got friends who don't even have hair loss, use it as an eyebrow filler or tons of people I know. Yeah. A lot of people will use it as a root cover, um, and do Mm -hmm. not have any hair loss situation because it is such an easy um, design um, to work with vis-a-vis the other um, sealers out there. So so yeah, it's got, it's pretty multifunctional. I have to say it was a pleasant little surprise. 
Yes, I love both brushes. I, I really do. So let's talk about all that now. So let's talk about like the colors you offer, things like what do you do, you know, if by accident you order the wrong color since this is an online purchase. And then tell us about the two brushes, um, all the things that, you know, you want to educate us about, about the product. Absolutely. Absolutely. So those are great, great questions. And I appreciate your, your asking them because they touch on diff- different things that are done very purposefully. Right. Um, so for color, you know, for shade selection, what we did was we went to market with six shades. We have to custom formulate. So a lot of beauty brands, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with this. I applaud anybody who's doing anything to make this world a better place. So mm-hmm. kudos to them. But a lot of beauty brands will private label or white label um, products that are being manufactured and just brand it themselves and cool. sell it under a new branded umbrella. Fantastic. We don't have that option because nothing exists that does what we want it to do with the characteristics that we want. So we have to custom formulate, which means we have very large production runs. You can't custom formulate and run a hundred of each unit. You have to run thousands, right? So we said, okay, let's go to market with six shades that we think will capture a good 70, 80% of the population. And there we just kind of looked at a, I looked at a distribution of hair colors around the world, roughly Mm -hmm. what they look like ish, right? Mm -hmm. So mostly leading on Brown. So we, we launched with, a black brown um up soft and people will ask why not black i said well because almost nobody actually has true black hair with those bluish undertones that's usually dyed most people just have very very dark brown hair and so it looks black but it's dark 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 brown um and that's that that reaches a great audience of our population then we've got the medium brown and the light brown so we knew the browns were going to be uh, um large sure. first. then we've got the auburn because we wanted to give some love to her and shout out to our redhead so many people <laughs> embracing the red <laughs> and you know and then a dark blonde and a white because a lot of folks like i mentioned experience this when they're older and so a lot of folks if they've got beautiful white hair last thing they want to do is dye it and so you know i know many of women who's gone white in her mid twenties, early thirties, and just stays white. And so we said, let's definitely cover that group. And then we've launched three new shades very excitingly this past couple of weeks. And that was based on just demand as it came in. So people would say, oh. Hey, you know, what do I do? I've got silver hair. Or I've got gray hair because uh-huh. during COVID, I just threw in the towel, decided yeah. to stop it and stop piling my hair or stop dyeing my hair. And I love the way it looks. And this is what I'm sticking with. Awesome. Yeah. And so they were mixing the white and the black, which worked really well, actually in many instances. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we obviously we launched a silver, then we launched a light blonde because all of our beautiful highlighted friends out there, whether they're white at the root or brown at the root, <laughs> love, you know, we got a lot of folks who I used to highlight my hair all the time, you know, love to be blonde. And so we sure. so, go that route and then a dark brown because some people are getting a little bit stuck between the medium brown and the black brown. So, so okay, that's so, what I've got. Yeah, exactly. So I think that those are really continued to fill in um, sweet spots for us. And then we'll just continue to launch shades as people request them. So the biggest thing we can tell our community is, hey, if there's a shade that was out there that you want that we don't have, let us know because that's how we'll determine determine what we're making next. Yeah. And so that was, you know, so that's how the shades were selected. You know, the compact itself, the product was designed very purposefully as well um, in terms of the formulas. Like I said, there are custom formulated Mm -hmm. um, to, you know, really include lots of hair and skin loving ingredients. So we have 10 active ingredients. By active, I don't mean OTC type of drug products. I mean, purely good for you, good, good nourishment for your hair and uh, hair and skin. Um, so we've got hyaluronic acid and vitamin E, wow. you know, 
um, we've got red clover extract, we have green tea extract. Anyways, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there that's really meant to, to have a really lovely environment for the hair and, and scalp. And then we also made sure it was really, really waterproof because Lord knows nobody wants a Rudy right. Giuliani moment out there, especially not <laughs> on an important day. <laughs> right, ladies? Am I right? No, no. <laughs> well, just like you were saying when you said about getting in the swimming pool at a party or something, I thought yeah. the eyeshadow stuff would, you know, it would oh. just be a nightmare. So. Exactly. Some of it that's will not very likely run. So, you know, that's the last thing. So we have videos of me jumping into pools, me out in the Houston thunderstorms, like going wow. back down until I'm just soft, right? Just to show people, guys, don't worry. This yeah. is completely waterproof. Um, so that was, you know, and, the, and it was designed as a large pan, a large round pan. We want to make sure right. it's round so everybody can get all the product out because, you know, uh -huh. this is a luxury price point. Right. Um, we wanted to make sure that people could have a large enough area to put the large brush, which I'll talk about in a second as well. Yeah. You know, after fighting with the tiny little eyeshadows for years, I can tell you that it is definitely falling oh. short of performance for, for us. Because like I said, I... we're usually covering larger areas of diffuse hair loss, not just little spot treatments. Exactly. So that was really important as well. And then with regard to the brushes, and thank you so much for the kind comments on them. We, we worked really hard on designing them. They're, um, the large brush is like a large, very luxurious foundation brush, not mm -hmm. too dissimilar from one you would use on your face, although shaped probably a little bit differently. Right. Um, it's got you know a round top. It's a dual um, fiber brush. So it's actually two sets of fibers, one set that's much denser and then shorter, and then one set that's longer. Right. And, um, and that allows you to pick up a lot of products product and deposit it when you're stippling or mm -hmm. dabbing. In other words, mm -hmm. saying that is dabbing onto your scalp. And then when you brush it, you know, the longer bristles then do their work to buff and really blend out the product. So it looks very natural because another key thing is that we want to make sure the hairline and the application, everything looks natural. Nobody wants to look like they snapped on, you know, hair from a Lego piece onto sure. their scalp. No. <laughs> have that really weird line of demarcation along right. their hairline, right? That would look kind of odd. So, right. so we, you know, and that's why it's on an angle. Uh, etc. And we've got, you know, really good videos to explain to people yes, I'm gonna be sharing those for sure. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Cause applications a little, it's new, right? Like you mentioned right. at the top, it's, it's a new product category. Exactly. It's exciting, but folks don't always know what to do with it. Oh. And so it takes some, takes some around the hairline. Exactly. And that goes to your, your last point about, you know, color selection and what do I do if I get it wrong? Well, for me, I have one goal and one goal only, and that's to never, ever make somebody feel worse about themselves than they already do <laughs> if they're struggling. Right. And so I really work hard to remove the amount of distress anybody's going to face when dealing with us. So customer experience is at the top of the pinnacle for us of the most important things of why we do what we do. Right. Um, anything, any business decision, any, anything we do. And so with us, customer service was huge. We knew that shade selection was going to worry a lot of folks. And so mm -hmm. we said, okay, how do we get rid of the worry? Don't worry. We'll send you a new shade if it's the wrong one. Mm. And that was it. <laughs> so, yeah. so we have a great chat shade matching program. We tell people, Hey guys, you know, don't send the products back. We're never going to resell something that's been sold once ah. anyway, right. For, for, for sanitary reasons. So keep sure. it, try it. Don't just look at the, the product and say, Oh, that's not a right fit because you'd be surprised what you think looks wrong in your hands. Oh yeah. Look absolutely right in your hair. Oh. And the, the shades are actually very forgiving. So I can use three right. different shades and it looks just fine. Right. Right. When you look at this dark brown, it almost looks black. And right. then when I put it on, it's like the perfect shade. It's so. It yeah, 
Exactly. It depends on the underlying hair shade that it's going on top of. It depends on the scalp, the skin color that it's going on top of. Ah, so, so many things can really, it can really impact how it looks. So we say, have fun with it, play around with it, try it out for a week. You're probably get it weird the first time because you won't know what you're doing. You know, that's okay. Like, <laughs> like first time you try a winged eye, it doesn't generally go very well for most people. So that's cool. No worries. You know, don't try it the first night when you're about to go out to a big exactly. event. Maybe try it a couple of times beforehand, especially right before you're going to wash your hair because you've got to shampoo it to get this stuff out. So, right. um, so we have a great shade matching program and, you know, and if, and we really do stand behind our products. So if somebody for, you know, tries it and it's just not a good fit for them for whatever reason, then, you know, we will refund their money on the foundation. So mm-hmm. we've tried to just minimize the amount of distress that people are, are experiencing when they're dealing with us. So right. Don't worry. Try it with confidence. We call it our confidence guarantee. Uh, that is wonderful because you know, it is, it's going to be such a game changer for so many people. And then for you to have this, you know, feeling of, you know, the scarcity versus abundance type thing where, you know, we're just here to help you. We want to make this as simple as possible. I think that's so smart. Thank you. I mean, we try. And if if anybody ever has suggestions about how we can improve things, we are very, very open to hearing from our community. It's really important to us about how we can, how we can improve our business. That's wonderful. Did you, uh, well, okay. This is a big part, I think of your business too. And um, when we talk to designers and you know, people like that, this idea about sustainability, clean products, all this kind of thing. It all sounds lovely and wonderful, but we know it's really expensive and it's very, there are a lot of, you know, details behind it that most people don't understand. So I wanted to give you the time to talk about that. I know you care about social impact and sustainability and clean beauty. These are all sort of the big three buzzwords right now. um, And they're hard to put into practice. So we applaud anybody who is trying and we'd love for you to be able to talk right now a little bit about, you know, how you see that. Okay. That's great. Those, thank you for bringing that up because it is something we do work hard at. And I think a lot of people in the industry are working really hard toward improving it. So it's, it's lovely that folks are talking about it. So thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for us, it's kind of a, a three-pronged approach when we look, you know, first we look at what the consumer wants first and foremost, because that's who our customer is. That's who our client is. And we want to do whatever she's looking for. She's spoken loud and clear that she's looking for certain ingredient selections. Mm-hmm. So we decided to use what we feel is probably the most stringent stamp, uh, standard out there from Credo. We're not affiliated with them. They're a clean online retailer. Mm-hmm. Um, but we find that they're, because clean is not a regulated term. Mm-hmm. I don't really love the word so much because it implies right. that their brands are dirty and I don't think they are whatsoever. I think they do make sure. fantastic products. We just chose to to formulate to what consumers are looking for. That's really where we're at with this. Right. Um, and so we use the Credo standard. So we, we formulate according to their standards so that everybody's very comfortable with the products that they're putting on their head. And then, you know, with regard to ingredients uh, that go into the product, not only do we want to make sure the ingredient itself, the selection is top quality, but we also want to make sure the way that we make that product is the best for the environment to the, well, the best would be not to make anything, let's be honest, but, you know, (laughs) but in the context that we are manufacturing things, how's the best way we can do it. Right. Right. And so there, for example, a lot of folks will say, well, you know, mica, because you'll see mica is the number one ingredient because we chose Mm -hmm. not to use talc. (laughs) 
mm-hmm. you know, mica is the number one ingredient in our, is the top ingredient in our list. Mm-hmm. Um, and we use synthetic mica and people will say, well, why do you use synthetic? Is it natural better? That's a whole other debate that one could go into. You know, we use synthetic for very clear reasons. A, we can trace exactly its origins. We don't have to worry about, you know, was child labor used? Oh, boy. Worry yeah. about, is there contamination in the sample? We don't mm-hmm. have to worry about any of that when it's sourced, quote unquote, naturally um, mm-hmm. with the vast majority of our mica that's used. So it costs us twice as much because it's because it's lab produced, mm-hmm. but we feel like it is the best uh, in terms of right. what we're going to introduce to people's scalps. Um, we want the cleanest version of what we can put on their scalp possible. So, so talking about, you know, ingredient selection, that's, you know, an example of things that we'd like to do. And so that's where you can see things get a bit more expensive for us to make. Then the packaging for us is also really important when we're looking at how can we, you know, do make, run our business to the best ability possible in terms of sustainability. You know, we can't be sustainable because we're manufacturing things, but how can we make it as sustainable as possible? And so our compacts are made of 85% recycled plastic, which is also much more expensive than virgin plastic. And so that way we're putting in less garbage into the world. We're reusing most, most of what we have in our products. Um, that is not ingredients, obviously. Um, and then things like the cartons that we use for shipping or for our regular boxes, our unit cartons, those are all made of hundred percent recycled material. They're hundred percent recyclable. You know, our packaging partners use hundred percent wind energy. There's zero waste to landfill. So all of those things, you know, the confluence of all of those things are costs that start to add up over time, but it's something that's really important to us. And that's really important to consumers. And so I think uh, folks are very comfortable paying for it. Um, But at the end of the day, when we talk about value, that's really important as well. So, you know, when we look at the product, while the price point is definitely a luxury price point, it is $60 for a compact. And we recognize that's not a low price point. There are 10 grams of product in there. I'm Canadian, so I speak metric most of the time. <laughs> I, th- I think that's, I don't know, a couple ounces, uh, no, part of it, mm-hmm. point, point three, five, two ounces. There we go. I have to look at my containers to yeah. let me know, you know, whereas competitive pressed powder root covers offer two grams for $35. So we do think that oh, there's yeah. great value there at the end of the day, when you consider how much product you're getting. Oh, I think you know, so too. There's quite a, so, you know, the sticker price might look one way, but the value of what you're getting is really competitive, much more competitive than what you'll find in a lot of pressed powder products at the luxury price point, you know, and then also a big part of our, our business is something that's near and dear to my heart, which is um, the fight against human trafficking. So mm-hmm. we have a towel called a gentle touch, which is a wonderful microfiber makeup removal towel. Love it. Um, that you have to dampen first and wring out the water before it will remove the makeup. So people need to know right. that. <laughs> right. I mean, you can wipe yeah. it off dry, but you know, for there, a hundred percent of what we uh, our profits from those towels go to uh, organizations that I know personally. I know the founders. I volunteer with them or have volunteered with them um, for a number of years that are, you know, fighting that fight. Uh, And then a percentage of all of our other profits are also directed to those organizations. So all of those things together, you know, can cause, you know, prices to increase a little bit. But like I said, I really do think we still deliver a really compelling value for folks, which was, which was important to me because our community is already spending usually quite a bit of time uh, or money or mm-hmm. both, mm-hmm. you know, trying to address the medical side of their conditions if mm-hmm. they're experiencing hair loss. So, mm-hmm. you know, we said, how can we make this? So it's not taking a huge chunk from their, their budgets in a way that they can use that's accessible to them. Well, I think you've done a great job. And I think it's important to do things like podcasts and things like that so that people understand all of that, what they're really getting, you know, um, there's a lot that, that, 
is behind this compact right here. The compact is, you know, it's, it fits in your, I mean, hand, but it takes up your whole hand. It's a nice big size for sure. And all of the things that you told us about make it even that much more special. I, I think that's um, great. So I wanted to know, I do love that uh, the microfiber or whatever it is, the, the cloth that you just mentioned and, everything, the brushes, the brushes are beautiful and work so well. And the product itself is amazing. So what is coming next? Great question. So <laughs> we really source, um, you know, ideas from our, from our community. And so what we're looking to um, implement in 2023 are a couple different things. One is my pet project, which is definitely um, top of mind is a membership program. So we want um, our members, you know, folks who are repeat users of our products, yeah. which is a very large proportion of them. Sure. To be honest, um, it tends to be something that you go back to if it's of if course. it's a good fit for you and it makes you feel so much better. Yes. And you know, we want to make sure that we give folks, you know, some loyalty back to them for their loyalty to us. And so we'll be implementing a membership program um, that will involve subscriptions, you know, early access to certain sales or early access access to, um, to new hair shades, et cetera. We'll continue to launch new hair shades based on demand. We just launched these. So it'll probably be another yeah. six to 12 months before we launch more, but, um, you know, depending on what people are asking for. Right. Um, and then we're also looking at some brushes and the reason oh. for that are a couple. One is, you know, folks who have smaller um, bald spot patches, right. um, such as those experiencing alopecia areata is, you know, they want to have a lot of dense coverage right in small areas. Oh, okay. so while the big brush is awesome for larger coverage yes. areas, they yes. would like something a bit more compact. So we're, we've got a brush that we're just on oh, about the cool. fifth iteration of it right now. <laughs> Between the two brushes. Yeah, exactly. Because one is for, the one flat one for eyebrows works great for eyebrows. But yeah, I love that one. Okay. And then I just thought about something too, because I the mirror. I love the mirror in it too. I'm looking in the mirror right now. And I was thinking this is something that people could actually have in their purse. Yeah. And if you had like a small brush, then they would be out in public and go, Oh gosh. And then they would be able to take care of it right there. Right. So we're looking at how to make this more travel um, Ooh, fun. friendly. So, you know, we don't want to make the compact smaller necessarily, no, then, then it's hard to use, but how do we make it so that, um, you know, maybe we do one that's got half of the amount of products. So it's at a lower price point. So it's uh, for folks just for travel, they don't want to carry as much product or, you know, a little cute little travel case where everything fits it nicely. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the other brush that we're working on as well is one that's, it looks like a flat edge brush that's actually meant for filling in beards because oh, cool. there are a decent amount of guys out there using our products to fill in their beards. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And they like to have that clean edge along the line, whereas we're trying to buff and look like a really natural blended hairline. Right. They, they want a crisp hairline wow. <laughs> along the Fascinating. edge. Yeah. So we're working on different things. And then, you know, one of our brushes that we launched will have probably a dual ended side to it um, with one end being something that helps part the hair because oh. as people apply it, they're usually, if they've got longer hair, or even if they don't have longer hair, even with shorter hair, they're generally applying it by parting the hair in sections uh -huh. and applying down that part line. Oh. And so if you don't have long enough nails, 
you know, to kind of do it yourself with your fingernail as you go, which many people don't, then people are having to kind of juggle sometimes a comb on one. And then, so for those folks, uh, we're, we're looking to see if we can find a way that's elegant to design it. So one end is like uh, something that allows you to part the hair pretty quickly. Oh, that's great. Brilliant. So you all are really, really, really listening to people and trying to solve any, any problems they have. And I think it's just remarkable. I really do. Um, Thank you. I'm so honored that you are on the podcast today and I wanted you to end this by telling people where they can find you. Oh, that is so kind. Well, it has been such a great time talking to you guys. And I love that you're sharing your platform for this important message of hair loss out there, especially for women to know that they're not alone. You can find us on our, we sell directly on our website and that's uh, me cosmetics, M E cosmetics, all one word with an S at the end.com. Um, you can find us on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, as me cosmetics USA. Um, and then if, uh, if you guys want, we can set up a fun discount code for folks if they, uh, Ooh, that would be great. yeah. So we'll do the style T H E S T Y L E for 25% off of oh, that first. Order. That's great. Yes. And I'm going to be sharing your, the video too, with you showing how you do it and everything. So we're going to get a lot of information out to people because this is such a game changer. I'm just so proud of you and so thankful that your husband <laughs> you to, to take the lead because you have changing lives. It's really remarkable and wonderful. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I love, I love the work that you guys are doing. Definitely keep it up. I love you guys had Angela Cagley on. on uh, oh yes. Yeah. I use not her rose quart LED mask, her other LED mask right. that she, she distributed previously um, into the country from Asia. So right. I have a lot of respect for her. Uh, yeah. So it was, fun, it was fun listening to her episode. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed that too. Yes, All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today. We'll see you next week on the Style That Binds Us podcast. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into this episode on the Style That Binds Us podcast. If you like this podcast, make sure to tell a friend and subscribe. You can be a part of growing with us. Also, do you know about our weekly newsletter? You'll get access to exclusive content in our newsletter that we don't post anywhere else. Our newsletter comes out every Tuesday with the exception of the third Thursday of the month for Allison's special Celebrating Life After 40 edition. Head to the bottom of the Style That Binds Us website to subscribe.